brothers and sisters, you're tuned into another episode of the Gospel of Malcolm X podcast. I am your host, Brother Eric. As always, it's my pleasure to be back and in the studio with you once again. I like to take the time out, as I always do, to give a special shout out to all of the brothers and sisters that show your love and support to the Gospel of Malcolm X podcast. All emails and messages of support are always uh, appreciated. So today's show, I'm going to try to make it a quick one because I got to get ready to get out of here. However, I just wanted to address this because it kind of deals with the reason why I started the Gospel of Malcolm X podcast. And the reason why I started the Gospel of Malcolm X podcast is for the continuancy of the legacy of Malcolm X. And the number one uh, opponents that have challenged a lot of the, the true legacy of Malcolm X and what he stood for as a father, a husband, a leader. Ironically, in some ways, yes, it has been uh, the Europeans or whatever you want, you want to call the, the system or whatever have stood against Malcolm's legacy somewhat. But the number one opponent really has been a lot of the brothers and sisters in the nation of Islam, not even the brothers and sisters, but more of the leadership of the nation of Islam, because a lot of brothers and sisters in the nation of Islam know what really went down. But a lot of the leadership in the nation of Islam they haven't been honest about what went down with brother Malcolm. And then they have the older leadership that was alive when Malcolm was assassinated, have passed down a script to the younger uh, leadership in, in the nation of Islam, the Riza Islams, the Ben X's, the uh, Wesley Muhammad's, et cetera. So today we're going to be reacting to and correcting for the sake of history, uh, Rizza Islam did an interview on Math Hoffa's show. Um, once again, not taking accountability or responsibility for the nation of Islam's role in the assassination of Malcolm X. Did the government play a role? Of course they did. Did they want to see Malcolm? Uh, did? Of course they did. Uh, was there uh, uh, entities trailing Malcolm? As he traveled overseas, of course they were. Malcolm wrote about it. However, we know that Thomas Hagen uh, sat down and gave an affidavit in terms of um, his involvement and stated why uh, he participated in the assassination of Malcolm X and gave you the other names of the people that was with him who were also members of the Nation of Islam that participated in the assassination of Malcolm X. And we can't heal and move forward uh, unless we heal and move forward in truth. Now, me, I'm, I'm one who I don't really have any disdain for the brothers in the nation of Islam. There's things about the nation of Islam that I think are cool. Our brother loved himself a bean pie. Our brother loved himself a fish sandwich. The people that I've known that have been in the nation of Islam have been very nice and very respectful to me, even as um, the host of the Gospel of Malcolm X um, podcast. There's brothers in the nation of Islam that despite my stance against, um, I, don't, I won't even say against, my stance for truth, um, and which sometimes may lead me to be against people like Farrakhan and Elijah Muhammad. There's brothers that uh, show a brother a lot of respect, and I appreciate that. But we can't move forward and build and heal off of a lie. And we're going to move forward and the nation of Islam wants to be a respected organization or whatever. We can't we can't move forward off a lie. 
we can only build on truth. Because if we build on a lie, then we already on shaky foundation. So we're going to be moving forward and healing or whatever. That has to be done on truth. And it doesn't matter how much I like you. We can't build on a lie. What the truth is, is what matters. And the truth is, um, the nation of Islam terrorized Malcolm's family, terrorized his family, completely kept calling his house. Captain Joseph, one time Malcolm's right-hand man, participated in the bombing of Malcolm X's house and, and pretty much confessed to doing so on a set of a documentary called Brother Minister. Um, and also, I think Spike Lee also said that when he was interviewing him, that Captain Joseph also sort of off the record. Um, if you go back and listen to my uh, my book review of Spike Lee's By Any Means Necessary book, he talks about Captain Joseph uh, pretty much uh, admitting to his role uh, in that. And Captain Joseph wasn't, you know, he knew where Malcolm lived. Um, you know, that this is what they were on. And bombing the man's house one week before he was assassinated. This wasn't no spooky men. This was people that once, that Malcolm once considered himself brothers that were trying to kill him. Thomas Hagen is not a spooky man. Thomas Hagen uh, was a member of the Newark Mosque. The person that did the shotgun shooting that fired the fatal shot at Malcolm, William Bradley, was a lieutenant. FBI records state that this guy was a lieutenant. Yes, you had two people that were recently, quote unquote, exonerated. And you can go back and listen to I have done extensive episodes uh, in terms of who the real players were and why these two particular men put themselves in a position to be, quote unquote, framed for the murder of, of uh, Malcolm X. However, not only did they participate in the terrorizing of Malcolm's family, um, they participated in the terrorizing of the black community of members that were former members that were trying to get out of the nation of Islam. So these guys also, they played a role because they were known as enforcers. And so they were, of course, set up and framed because all of the real, uh, the real players that had a role in the assassination of Malcolm X came from Newark. However, if you are a legend that these people came over from Newark, came across a bridge into New York City and assassinated Malcolm X, that is a whole federal case now because you have guns coming across state borders. You have um, a whole plot for murder that doesn't just start in Newark. It starts in Chicago. So from Chicago to Newark to New York, then you would have a whole federal investigation. So what did the Nation of Islam do? They framed two of their own brothers um, to go down for it. It wasn't necessarily the, I think that the New York Police Department went along with it, but these two brothers were framed by everybody. And one of them even talked about how the Nation of Islam told him not to fight it. The light-skinned guy, uh, Thomas 15X, talked about how <laughs> the Nation of Islam told him to just go ahead and, and go down. You know what I mean? They told him to go down. And when these guys came home from doing this, this bid that they did, uh, Farrakhan gave them jobs in, in the mosque as, you know, made them captains, et cetera. So now they get to try to play victim off of it when really they did this 
for their brothers. They went down so that this murder wouldn't be further looked into in terms of the actual conspiracy of the murder. So I'm going to go ahead and get into some of the things talked about in the um, talked about in this uh, episode. I really wish I had the time to go in like I really want to and play a lot of more, a lot more uh, supporting clips. However, I have laid out a lot of stuff on in previous episodes. So feel free to go back um, and check out a lot of the previous episodes where I explain who the players were, etc. Fast forward a bit. See if I can get some volume. That was a quote from him. Unify and electrify, meaning bring them together to. You know you need the right tools ads, to make. guys. Bear with me. With Shopify. Electrify gives Depends on you. Perception is everything. Black Messiah. Where he mentioned. Okay, I think I got it. I'll say what J. Edgar Hoover said in his Black Messiah, where he mentioned we must prevent the rise of a Black Messiah that can unify and electrify the people. That was a quote from him. Unify and electrify, meaning bring them together to electrify, give them the energy. The energy to do what? To go against this system by building their own separating from them and building up our own everything. The way we would defeat this system is by us establishing our own. The Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, if we cannot live in peace among you, we can't get along with you in peace, then the last resort is we must separate. What does that mean? Okay, well, this is our land still. Don't get it twisted. Our own banks, our own schools, our own grocery stores, our own everything. Malcolm X learned from the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, regardless of what anybody got to say on the damn internet, knock it off. That's who resurrected that man. Before that, he was a pimp. He was a drug dealer. He did all that crazy stuff. His name was Detroit Red. Red. Don't get it twisted. Okay, right. that was his life before. Right. But Detroit Red is... Okay, so... When has the Nation of Islam ever made any true steps towards separation? That would be my next question. Um, it's one thing, and any of you can feel free to look up what Muslims want. There's a... This is a little... Um, note that they have in their newspapers in terms of what Muslims want, a land of our own or whatever. Nation of Islam has been in existence since 1934, right? It's almost been a hundred years. Where are the farms? Where are the, the, the separate land where Nation of Islam lives? Forget the rest of us, all black people. But where are there 20, just give me 20 Nation of Islam members living together in a community or in a com- in a community on a communal farm doing anything? Where is that? It's been nearly 100 years. Right. 90 years since the founding of the Nation of Islam. Millions of dollars. At one time, Elijah Muhammad was like one of the richest black men. When, when he was alive. He was caked out. He was caked out, dubbed the, the most powerful black man, etc. Millions and millions and millions, Farrakhan, millions and millions and millions of dollars in the hand. 
Where is the land? Where is the food being grown? Where is the Nation of Islam community? Do the Nation of Islam even sell bean pies anymore? I don't I would like to know personally because I haven't had a bean pie in a minute. I don't even see brothers with bean pies anymore. Do they have fish sandwiches anymore? A brother would like to know. Where can I get a Nation of Islam fish sandwich? Did Malcolm Rose and all of the different leaders, Martin Luther King, he had the same type of deal. The only reason why they had to take him out is because the last two years of his life, he started switching. He went from that non-violent, non-violent, I may not get there with you, all that. That was cool. But when he started talking about the I may not get there with you, and if I have time, I'll play the speech. That was the like the night before he was assassinated. So I don't know the I've been to the mountaintop. He he may be trying to refer to the I had a dream speech here, but the I might not get there with you is literally the night before he was assassinated. And I, I'll I'll see if I can play the clip once I get through this. Why I'm against the war in Vietnam? He started talking about boycotting Coca-Cola. Seal test bread. Don't go buy this. Matter of fact, don't take the bus. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're messing with our economy here. What you talking about? We have a draft. We got it. We need soldiers for the war in Vietnam. He's like, no, there is his lectures, his speeches, the other America. Mm-hmm. People got to listen to that. Yeah. There are other ones. Mountaintop and all that is cool. But let's get to the to the Martin in the last two years of his life. He met with the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. And Mosanna Elijah Muhammad helped him to look at what he thought was metaphorical to the literal. And he said, no, no, brother, that's not what that means in the Bible. It means this. I personally believe. So this is what's interesting, right? Is he, Martin Luther King did meet with Elijah Muhammad in either 1966 or 67, right? And Elijah Muhammad talked about this meeting. And he, and he talked about it after Martin Luther King died. And he said that Martin Luther King died and and went to hell with the white man. And he dissed Martin Luther King in his death, just like he dissed Malcolm X in his death. And just like Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam dissed Malcolm X in his death. Now, they have no problem disrespecting black leadership like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and disrespecting him in his death. However, when Kennedy died, it was Elijah Muhammad that gave the order for nobody to make any statements, right? He's the one that gave the order for nobody to make any statements against Kennedy or about the Kennedy situation because Kennedy was loved. As a matter of fact, Elijah Muhammad said that he was mourning Kennedy. Let me see if I can get that up. <coughs> Excuse me. He said that he was mourning Kennedy. When when he passed away, however, with um, brother Malcolm, this was a you know, this was a big issue, and he felt the need to disrespect him in death, and he didn't want anybody saying anything about Kennedy. So why is it that he's able to discipline himself and refrain himself from disrespecting this white man in his death, but his own quote unquote student? And another black uh, leader in the black community, it's okay to disrespect them. It's okay to disrespect your brother. But when it comes to Kennedy, don't make any remark. And, it, and the remark that he did make 
or is a sympathetic remark. See, this is the interesting thing about the Nation of Islam is that they have this militant rhetoric, but the leadership are really coons. They're really coons. They have militant rhetoric, but coon behavior. After that meeting, that changed a lot of what he thought because he did become more revolutionary in his speaking. And they said, okay, now you meddling. At first, she was cool with talking about integrating a... Podbean is an easy and powerful way to start a podcast. We give you all the tools you need for creating, growing, a toilet, going to a damn restaurant. That was cool, Martin. But <laughs> now you're talking about... No, now yeah, you're talking now about... You're hitting, you hitting my pockets, Martin. Yeah. I thought we were good, Martin. What? You graduated from my college. You my nigga. What? But now you're not being my... Who was this? You causing a problem. So in his last days, they bugged everything he had. They were trying to investigate him, talking about they had an audio tape of him having sex with a woman. We're going to send it to your wife. You might as well kill yourself now. Just craziness. And at the last point, it wasn't just one bullet. Brother, they had, they had the berets ready to take him out. They had the Tennessee Ku Klux Klan ready as a backup. They had the police ready as another backup. They, they had at least four organizations ready. That if the bullet didn't take them out, the other group would take them out. If that group missed, another group would get them. This was big. So why? We must prevent the rise. Biblical language, godly language. We must prevent the rise of a black messiah that can unify and electrify the people. The Christians are looking for the messiah. The Muslims are looking for the Mahdi, the one who is guiding you back into the oneness of God really to show you who Satan is and who he is not so that you know exactly what to do. That's really mathematical language. This is the one you're not supposed to be following. That's the one you're supposed to be following. Got it? Now, let's go. So they knew, and they even when they targeted the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, they said, no, he's he's a little older. You don't have to worry about him. He's not going to be here for too long. Malcolm, yeah, he fits. Minister Farrakhan was younger. You know what I'm saying? Like So so we can know, just to be factual. They said, yeah, yeah. He was younger, but he was never um, he was never threatened. He was already a minister at the time that this was written because Malcolm is the one that put him in position. So he was younger, but he's just he just wasn't a threat. And I believe that he was already working with them uh, because we know. Um, and if you go back and listen to the audio that I played when the FBI visited Malcolm and Malcolm said, you insult my my intelligence and your own intelligence by coming here and asking me to work with you or provide you anything. And the FBI's response to Malcolm was, hey, you'd be surprised who's working with us. Him, him, and then Martin Luther King, yeah, him. And Martin Luther King, by the way, let's not get this twisted, he wasn't always nonviolent. He carried a Magnum revolver. <laughs> so y'all know, <laughs> Just so y'all know. Dr. King right. was packing with that. And, you know, because he knew at a certain point, this nonviolence thing is not gonna work. Yeah. It I just, had a dream a sucker was gonna try me today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for real. Crazy. As Jesse Jackson, he was there, he knew who did it. Go ahead. <clears throat> to your knowledge, <laughs> what led to Malcolm X's demise? To my knowledge, the last point, the last point meaning the day, there was no security at the door. 
Nation of Islam, we are taught we have security at the door, especially at night during the time of meetings. You have someone watching the exits and the entryways. You have that. That's a basic. Basic. Uh, <laughs> it's a basic. Just shut the door. Okay, you see what I'm saying? Right. Malcolm didn't have security at the door. At the height of a time that was so tender, you know, you, you have people hearing the stuff you're saying. You got the enemy looking at you. What are you about to do now? Because we heard he was trying to get back with that, that man, Elijah. Mm. The latter days, brother, he was trying. Now, I've already played the February 14th speech of, of Malcolm X, where he said that Elijah Muhammad was uh, not only not a, a, a righteous man, but because he was having these babies and kicking the women out, after he impregnated him, he didn't feel like he was a man at all. This was right after they bombed Malcolm's house. So February 15th. So his house was bombed on Valentine's Day, February 14th. And he gave a speech in Detroit, which is the home of basically where the Nation of Islam got started, where Elijah got started, and the home of Temple Number 1. He gave the speech right there in Detroit. Um, and no, I'm sorry. So this, this, um, this particular one, I'm sorry. He gave the last message was given in Detroit. But this particular um, speech is actually back in New York at the February uh, presser. So he was not joining back in the Nation of Islam. And this audio is from months before, late 1963. It was not even from 64, definitely not from 65. Late 1963 audio right after the Kennedy thing happened. Um and he was trying to get back in Elijah's good graces. Um, so this is another thing. This is a consistent lie. This is a lie we get from, um, what's his name? Nori. I've heard Nori tell this lie that he, that he believes that on that very day, Malcolm was about to announce that he was coming back into the nation. Um, which is a, just a complete lie. And if you go back to that episode, I address it very well there. Um, and then now we have Reza Islam spewing the same lie. I will say that I noticed that a lot of times Farrakhan doesn't really go on the Nation of Islam didn't kill Malcolm Tangents. That he allows his, uh, his younger members to go on these tangents. But he doesn't go on these tangents. And because he know he basically, if you read in between the lines of what Farrakhan says, he basically says that the Nation of Islam did it. And if you uh, go back to the 1972 speech by Farrakhan, he refers to Malcolm's killers as brave men. And I've played that audio on here as well. But no, Malcolm was not trying to get back into the Nation of Islam. This is a lie. This is a lie to get back in the nation of Islam. And he wasn't technically, he wasn't gone for long. Let's make this clear. People don't know, like they don't know the facts about this thing. Right. Malcolm wasn't gone for a long time. But he did an audio apologizing to the Muslim Elijah Muhammad because he wanted to get back in the good graces. He got out to, in that world and he saw not just some white Muslims praying, knock it off. The Muslim Elijah Muhammad went to Mecca before he did. Stop it. And white folks was coming at the foot of, you know, uh, the Muslim Elijah Muhammad listening to him, white reporters and all that. So it's like, okay, uh, actually, Malcolm is the one that staged off of entering Mecca because he felt that Elijah should come in first. 
Elijah went to Saudi Arabia. I don't know of him going to Mecca because in order to get into Mecca, you have to uh, say that you have to, to recite the Shahada, which is basically saying that there's no God but Allah and the prophet Muhammad is his messenger, right? And you have Elijah saying that he's the messenger of God. So how is he going to get into Mecca, Saudi Arabia with that? And if he went there and he said that he was the messenger of God, they would take him out. So I don't, I know that Elijah went to Saudi Arabia. I don't believe Elijah Muhammad ever went to Mecca. I will, I will double check. Going to Saudi Arabia and going to Mecca are not the same thing. To stop the, the fake stuff. He didn't all of a sudden see, yeah, white man's drinking tea out of the same cup. You're not the devil. Knock it off. Knock it off. Because what you're saying is Malcolm was so unintelligent that a cup of tea will transport. Stop it. Yeah. I can't stand when people are so damn, you devalue yourself so much. You think, oh, that's what happened all of a sudden now. You know what? They're all great people. Stop. Right. Because when he got back, he realized exactly what's going on out here. And they said, well, it was black folks that did it. No, 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 no. People who are very intellectually lazy, you're not going to want to go down the rabbit hole and look at all the facts. Because when you look at the fact that the FBI rented out the ballroom two weeks before, CIA was no, involved. The nation of holes Islam, in the top. Dick Gregory. The nation of Islam actually rented out the ballroom. And there's a newspaper article uh, that shows that it was the nation of Islam that actually rented out the ballroom. Told you this. And Dick mm -hmm. Gregory, on the day of, talked to Malcolm X and said, Malcolm, I love you, but I'm not going to be there with you. Because he was in the same city. He said, because I know today the U.S. government is going to get you. And I can't have my heart changing by seeing you getting taken out. Did Gregory talk to Malcolm that day? No security at the door. Now, we're going to play a, the, the Dick Gregory thing is, is not really a reliable source because who, who gave Dick Gregory the drop? And if they did give Dick Gregory the drop, why did they give Dick Gregory the drop? You got people who feeling whatever they feeling, black folks, white folks, all kinds of stuff. At bare minimum, because you said what did I think? Like, how did I think? At bare minimum that. I can go into a whole lot more, but at bare minimum that. That man reached a point where if he would have reunited with the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, over for this system. Over. Do it. They said, we cannot let this happen. We can't let this happen. If that happens, it is a done deal because the man done traveled the world now. Now he sees what it's like outside of America. It's different. So he's going to come back with that knowledge now and then reunite with his teacher. Again, you don't heard a lot of stuff. I don't give a damn. Right. Because those of us who live it can tell you it is different. So they had to take him out. No, don't let him live. Don't let him get up out of here. Yes, we'll use people with black faces that look like the trigger man. Yeah, but the bullet holes came in his body going downward, not upward. They had blanks. People shot him from the ceiling. People have no idea what they're talking about. Not even close. They so who was shooting from the, from the ceiling? Because the autopsy reports show shotgun pellets in his chest, which is consistent with the shotgun that was fired by William Bradley. Not a shotgun being fired from the ceiling. When you investigate, why is it that two of the people were just exonerated last year and two years ago, pardon me? The two people, the, the shooters, mm -hmm. right. they were found. It was just getting dark on Halloween night. Monsters and ghosts were out for a fright. You're the envy of the boo. Found not guilty.
from my understanding, the city of New York is now paying them. Y'all don't know about any of this, that the, the, the yeah. confession, the, dead, the deathbed confession of the other officer who admitted that, yes, we were on Malcolm tail. This, we were watching him, yes. And they admitted that we were a part of taking him out. The deathbed confession, his sister, at, they were just there, mm-hmm. I think it was two years ago, where this, all of this just came out again. Like, it just keeps coming out more and more and more. But people say, no, nah, the Nation of Islam did it. I'm in the Nation of Islam. I wasn't born until 1990. You ain't thinking. Right. <laughs> we just talk. Right. We just talk. Oh, the Nation. Why? Because it's easy to believe. You're in the Nation of Islam. You weren't born until 1990. So what point was made there? Blame your brother. It's easy to have smoke for your people because you will never have it for this open enemy because you're weak. Always want to point at your own people. That's easy to do. But the moment I say, okay, you want to really have some vote? Let's go to the real enemy. No, no, I ain't ready for that. Then stop talking like you a damn gangster because you ain't. And I mean what I'm saying. People talk a lot. Just right. like, stop talking. Please stop because you ain't built like that. Because if you were, you would say, you know what? Let's stop killing each other, come together and build. And if anybody from the outside tries to come and take us out, then we're going to come at them. That's gangster for real. That's what it originally was supposed to be. That's what it was. And that's what it will get back to. If we really fall in line, it can get back to that. It's possible. So and I know it's a loaded question because there's so much history and I want to go into more of that. But I think we should really start to unpack all of that. Realize that, no, it's not what you classically heard, bro. Sorry to tell you. They just found them innocent. The two shooters, they, there was three, but then these two, Thomas Hare, Thomas, uh, Thomas Hagen, and then the other two, they 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 well, no, actually, the city is now paying them money for wrongfully accusing them. Did y'all notice? Yeah. yeah. Millions! Yep. See how much money I was incarcerated got. with one of them. Upstate New York. Yeah. Come on, bro. And it's so, it, it's so hurtful. It's just so hurtful. Because it's like, dang, they have one, almost three generations of people, maybe four generations, totally convinced that it's just, look at this group, these people here. Men, women, and children, mind you. Not, okay, so they all did it. So little brother did it. Little sister, they all just did it. 36. $36 million. 36. How many Ooh. years did they do? Dollars. How many years did they do again? I'm uh, glad you pulled that up right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So some of this is going to get into a little bit of inaccuracies in terms of the money. All of that stuff is, we'll do a whole different show on that. I've covered it so much that I've gotten tired of covering it. But let me see if I can pull up two things before I get out of here. I want to pull up Elijah Muhammad on Kennedy. see if I can find that video oh man oh boy it's interesting when I pull it up a lot of stuff has been kind of oh boy alright so I'm going to have to look deeper for that one and uh, let me see if I can find an MLK speech and see when that was done, though, because I want to get that corrected. 
Regenerative AI. Oh, man. Hit me with these ads again. What will happen now? We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now. Because I've been to the mountaintop. And I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine So that's a speech that definitely will give you chills when you hear it. And this speech was given in Memphis, Tennessee on April 3rd. And as you may know, Martin Luther King was assassinated April 4th, 1968. So literally the day after this speech was delivered, he was assassinated. So this is mountaintop is the last (laughs) speech that we have from Martin Luther King. And yes, Martin Luther King did make changes and, um, you know, he became more political, more radical, et cetera. However, you, you can say that the I had a dream Martin Luther King was different. But Mountaintop, I believe that during this time, Martin Luther King was um, at his spiritual pinnacle and he felt something coming. And um, when he delivered that speech, it, you could tell that it shook him as well. You know, so, well, I wish I had more time to go into a few other things. And I really wanted to find that clip um, of Elijah talking about how he was mourning Kennedy. I'm going to try to search for that one more time before we leave. Um, Oh, boy. No, I'm not able to find it today, but I will try to track it down for sure. So, brothers and sisters, I think that's going to be it. As always, I thank you so much uh, for listening. And uh, we will come back and uh, cover uh, some some more topics. want to give a shout out to my Haitian brother that uh, sent me this uh, clip as well. And uh, we're going to talk some more about what's going on in Haiti. Kanala Pop Compe with the canal and uh so proud of my brothers and sisters over there uh that's building and and doing right by the country um also we're going to be talking some more about the israel palestine situation as well but that's all for today i thank you so much for listening brothers and sisters until the next episode of the gospel of malcolm x podcast peace and love